Hello and welcome to JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. I'm Meera Chandan, co-head of FX Strategy at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Arundam Sandilya from Singapore, uh, who's also co-head of um, uh, JP Morgan FX Strategy. Uh, there's a lot to unpack this week, um, the tragic war in the Middle East and those affected by it uh, being the foremost uh, on our uh, in our thoughts. And then um, going on to the macro realm of things, uh, developments, um, you know, several developments that unfolded over the past week that are worth, uh, worth unpacking here uh, on the macro side. Uh, firstly, um, the solid U.S. employment data that was um, on Friday last week. Uh, followed by improving activity data, uh, trade data in particular in Asia, China included. Uh, you had on top of all of that um, firm details in uh, the U.S. inflation report. Uh, and then finally, uh, Treasury supply. We had three auctions this week, all three auctions stale this week, uh, meaning uh, so substantially harder to digest, which resulted in a bit, a bit of whipsaw action in U.S. yields, kind of telling us that there's a tug of war going on between geopolitics and uh, the supply story uh, here. Uh, from our point of view, as we're thinking about FX, um, you know, as far as uh, the transmission from geopolitics is concerned, uh, you know, the primary channel, the way we see it is uh, through the sentiment uh, channel and uh, primarily energy prices. Uh, now, uh, energy prices could be affected if this um, conflict broadens out uh, and uh, potentially starts to affect uh, energy supplies in the region. However, that's not our commodity strategist space case. Their expectation is that uh, oil prices, uh, which saw a spike this week, uh, you know, uh, is temporary um, so long as this thing doesn't broaden out. And their forecast is still for oil uh, to be in the mid 80s, although they are pointing out that there is probably some sort of a risk premium to the upside that is warranted uh, compared to the downside uh, sort of discount that they were looking at before these events unfolded. Uh, similarly, the eye-catching move on um, gas, particularly TTF gas, which is most relevant for the euro, uh, where we've seen a breach of 50 uh, this week. Um, and there as well, our gas strategists are thinking that uh, that this um, um, that, that further increases are unlikely, uh, predominantly as uh, only a small amount of supply is affected. But nonetheless, uh, you know, the risk scenario here, which didn't exist last week, is uh, that the upside uh, sort of risk scenario because of a potential supply disruption has um, has increased, even if it's not our base case. Um, so what does all of this mean for FX? Um, regular readers will know that uh, for um, uh, the dollar, we have been uh, recommending um, and suggesting um, a more optimistic view, a bullish view on the dollar versus uh, versus the growth challenged um, and yield challenged currencies like uh, the Chinese yuan and um, the euro. Uh, but these recent developments, um, you know, what they what they do suggest to us, in particular for euro, is um, that uh, the downside risks uh, to the growth outlook um, have actually increased uh, because of the energy channel that I um, just outlined. Uh, in a nutshell, um, Europe, European growth was already tracking, um, you know, at, at least as far as PMIs go, close to stagnant growth that was well below ECB's growth forecast. Uh, you add to that the added um, headwinds that the region now faces, uh, firstly from uh, rising domestic yields, which has happened in sympathy with US yields, um, and secondly, uh, from now, this new potential uh, asymmetric risk scenario on energy just leads us to think that there's actually more 
downside for euro dollar that has opened up. Um, and uh, we've been previously noting that our 105 target, which was already one of the most bearish among consensus uh, for the second half of this year uh, for euro dollar, uh, was starting to look too optimistic. Uh, and now with these recent developments and uh, given uh, the recent rise in domestic three yields, uh, we actually um, think that euro is likely to test lower and uh, we've revised our euro dollar target down even further to parity. Now, um, you know, there are a lot of risk factors here. Clearly, this is not something that's going to unfold in a straightforward manner. Uh, some of these risk factors include what's going on um, in the U.S. yield market, in the U.S. Treasury market. So in other words, if U.S. yields, uh, you know, decline a lot, that might take some of the pressure uh, on the downside away from euro. You've got also uh, China growth stabilizing, and we're going to get to that question in a second from Arindam, but that typically tends to be euro positive. And then, of course, um, you also have uh, some initial preliminary signs that uh, activity data in Europe might be basing as well. But eventually, uh, the judgment call here is that recent developments of higher yields and higher energy prices is going to prevent sentiment from turning up substantially in the coming weeks. And um, as a result of that, given that euro dollar is still not pricing in any discount for any of these uh, vulnerabilities, we think means that euro should be testing lower. Fair value in our um, in our view for euro dollar is at the moment anywhere um, between uh, 102.50 and uh, 105.50, so uh, certainly uh, a test of the downside range there is 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 within reach in our view. So uh, that's that's the first thing that I wanted to flag is uh, the the downward revision to parity on the euro dollar forecast. So with that uh, with that uh, background in mind, uh, let's just turn to you and them. Um, there's been a lot of talk on and news reports on China stimulus this week in various forms. Um, if you're hearing more about that. Um, in your view, how credible is this and what is the implication and reading for uh, CNY here? I mean, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I think uh, you have to give E4 effort to the Chinese authorities for trying to turn the tide of sentiment around uh, China growth. Um, the news reports that we got earlier this week around uh, 1 trillion CNY treasury bond uh, issuance kind of news. Um, that to us, it is yet to be validated. And there are a few things that you could uh, point to as, as potential, potentially problematic uh, in terms of taking it at face value. First of all, treasury bonds are not used for typically for infra related uh, spending, uh, which is what the news report suggested. Uh, the channel that is used is local government bonds. And on that front, there is substantial leftover local government bond quota from this year alone that could be used for these purposes. And our understanding is that the constraint isn't uh, funds, the constraint is uh, qualifying projects uh, that could meet certain uh, NPV and environmental criteria. So, you know, it's, it's not clear that uh, the news is credible on the face of it. Uh, it would entail busting the 3% uh, budget deficit uh, cap, which requires NPC approval. Um, you know, the report also said that this is meant for boosting 2023 growth, but in our uh, growth calculations, we feel like the 5% growth target is pretty much on track to be achieved. It doesn't really require much goosing. Um, and if at all uh, these reports are true, they would actually hit 2024 growth. And if, if this is indeed credible, then we probably have to revise up uh, next year's growth forecasts. Uh, I think it's more credible that uh, these funds could be used to... Uh, 
swap uh, LGFE debt, which has been a pain point for the economy, into local government debt. That's uh, uh, possibly uh, a more credible use of these funds, but we will see. As of now, this is this is an unconfirmed report. Uh, for CNY, uh, you know, if as we look ahead to the fourth quarter. Uh, a couple of things are a little different from the uh, almost perfect storm of bearish factors we faced in 3Q. The external environment was obviously quite hostile with U.S. real yields doing what they did. Uh, that intersected with peak cyclical pessimism on China, which I think uh, started to get broken after the uh, late July Politburo meeting. Uh, and you know, given the stream of news that we've had since then, the stimulus news, for example, that you referenced, um, maybe some of this pessimism is going to start bottoming out. It started to bottom out a little bit in the in the data flow. Data flow is still mixed, but at least it's not worsening. And we've upgraded China growth for the first time since Q1 this year, a, a few weeks back. Um, the external side of things is a bit of a wild card. As you said, US yields could come off, but then there's a term premium angle that our US fixed income colleagues have discussed. And, and things are a little uh, uncertain on that front. Uh, but from a China-specific perspective, one risk to be aware of is uh, Chinese exporters who are sitting on a lot of unconverted dollars uh, over the last three years. They typically tend to come to the market around the end of the year into the Lunar New Year uh, at the beginning of next year um, and convert those dollars into CNY. This is a seasonal flow. It could hit us once again this year, late 4Q. And this could also temporarily at least uh, you know, put a bit of a break on this bearish CNY kind of sentiment. But I think the uh, the variable that we are watching here very closely is uh, capital flows, in particular, uh, the daily equity flow data that we get out of the Stock Connect uh, flows, because uh, you know that is how equity investors who are trading the growth story in China vote with their feet. And so far, at least, uh, uh, they have not shown a whole lot of enthusiasm in embracing this this growth lift. Uh, as and when those flows start to turn, I think we'll have to reassess our bearish CNY view, but we retain that stance for now. Thanks, Arundham. So bearish, uh, bearish CNY um, for now. I suppose there's a disinflation story there, which, which probably helps um, and make that case as well. But turning a bit to FX, uh, volatility, you know, the one uh, observation that clients and ourselves um, included have been making is that uh, the levels of FX volatility have remained quite subdued, uh, given all the macro developments that are going on. You know, so in your view, what are the opportunities here that people should be looking at? And, and what's really driving this, uh, this undershoot? I know, yeah, I mean, it's, it really is eye-catching. Um, this is uh, very surprising. Uh, we were not prepared for this. Uh, the extent of the DXY move we've had since the middle of July should have given you uh, between one to two vol points of uh, upside on VXY, our uh, index of uh, three month add the money falls across uh, G7 and EMFX. And uh, in the event we've got very little, um, FX vol has opened up a fairly decent uh, gap versus other cross-asset vols. Um, you know, reasons are not always easy to pinpoint, at least sitting in this part of the world. One thing that we can very clearly pinpoint uh, is a very heavy dose of central bank intervention to manage currency weakness in the face of uh, sticky inflation uh, and also in order to control financial stability sort of concerns in emerging markets, excessive currency weakness uh, does become uh, a bit of a problem. Um, 
not sure what exactly is the story on the uh, DM side of things, but uh, on the whole, we are very surprised that falls have held in at these levels. So broadly, what we are uh, talking to investors about in terms of opportunities, these three or four things. First is, uh, you know, since we are surprised by vaults not picking up, maybe the best use of uh, vaults or options at this stage is to uh, use them for leverage in terms of expressing directional views. So you've downgraded your dollar to parity, um, given uh, low vols and friendly rate differentials, I think expressing those bearish euro dollar views via options, uh, puts, put spreads and so on is I think a, a good idea. Uh, second, uh, in the context of the unfortunate conflict in the Middle East that you referenced up top, um, you know, I think it makes sense to consider as a tactical portfolio hedge some uh, uh, commodity vols, uh, if it's petrovol, even better. And some of the analysis that we ran earlier this week showed that uh, the two of the uh, best valued vols to do that right now are Norway and Aussie. Um, third, um, you know, the carry trade in emerging markets went through a little bit of a wobble over the past couple of months. Uh, given the uncertainty on the U.S. rate side of things, we are not 100% certain whether that wobble is over or not. Uh, we know the carry trade has been concentrated in a handful of currencies in EM, and one of those currencies is the Brazilian Rai, um, where we find vaults are based uh, and have not really picked up in these last couple of months. And that is potentially something that can move if uh, the stress on carry trades were to intensify. And then finally, one thing that we are pushing especially vaults savvy investors to do is uh, generally in uh, higher dollar stressed risk environments, owning dollar vaults tends to outperform vaults and crosses. And we have some uh, some views along those lines, for example, uh, owning Aussie dollar vol against uh, selling vaults in, in crosses such as Aussie CAD. Uh, I think those kinds of uh, uh, extreme expressions make sense. Uh, but on the whole, you know, when I look at our option-based recommendations, it's a solidly defensive suite of, of views that are expressed there. Okay, thanks a lot, Arundham. So uh, to wrap it up, pretty defensive tone overall, uh, bearish on Euro with uh, lower targets um, of parity uh, for Euro dollar, uh, still bearish CNY, and uh, uh, certainly a defensive stance um, in uh, volatility as well. We'll stop there today. Please take a look at jpmorganmarkets.com for our research. Uh, if you need additional information, this communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on October 13, 2023.